everybody. Uh, <laughs> Hi everybody. This is in the changing room. Um, this is a podcast all about women in sport. Um, and just before I start, I just want to shout out Regina yes. that was just on here. Yes. Regina is a really important person to this podcast because about two years ago, I decided I wanted to start a podcast and I found Regina's podcast, hashtag impact, and I emailed her and I said, hello, I am Sissy and I think I'd like to do this. Can you help me? And Regina emailed me back, gave me her WhatsApp jumped on the phone with me and honestly without Regina's help and guidance and being my mentor this wouldn't be a thing so thank you Regina for being really wonderful um and on a side note I've been listening to Regina for years and I used to like hash like screenshot and post the podcast on my Instagram yeah, stories did awesome. like a daily awesome. pod every day yeah. as always Regina we love Regina yeah <laughs> um <Big fans. laughs> Um, so yes, this is In The Changing Room. My name is Sissy Radford. I host this podcast. It's all about women in sport. Um, and in each episode of the podcast, I interview a different kind of woman about the role of sport in her life. Um, I believe sport is a really powerful thing for girls and women to do. And I think it will change their lives and make them awesome, awesome, awesome women. Um, and one of the things I really think, more so than talking specifically about sport, is I think that women in sport as a concept is a really important tool for talking about social change. And actually what I think is that women in sport really is a microcosm for women in the world. So what I mean by that is when you look at the landscape of women in sport, where we're at, what's going on, it will kind of tell you where we are in the world, women in the world. And I don't want to ruin the end of the film, but it's not that good <laughs> right now, honestly. Spoiler alert. We have a long way to go. Um, but that's kind of the, the premise of the podcast. So I'm very, very happy to be here. So thank you for having me. Um, so each episode, I interview a different guest, which brings me to this wonderful woman on my right. Everybody, this Hello. is Lindsay Gormley. Hi. <laughs> um, Lindsay was my guest on season two of the podcast, my my final episode of season yeah, two, actually. Yeah, last one, yeah. Um, and we had an awesome chat. So, Lindsay, you are uh, head of drama at a school mm -hmm. here in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. This you is my natural habitat in yeah. a <laughs> black <laughs> studio. <laughs> and um, as well as that, Lindsay is studying mm -hmm. to become a... Counseling psychologist. Mm, okay. Sounds very serious. It does a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Not a serious person. Um, <laughs> and we had a really awesome chat when we sat down and did our interview um, about, and I, I think I would be okay in saying this, the sort of very turbulent relationship that Lindsay has had with sport, the word sport, which I think actually can be quite a scary word for a lot of women, uh, with fitness, with gyms, with food. Uh, would that be a fair thing with to say? With my body yeah. and like, you know, being a woman who lives in a body every day. <laughs> like, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard work. It's hard work. <laughs> it's exhausting. But we chatted a little bit about that kind of up and down and, and how sport has changed you and made you you. Do you remember the three specific ways that we talked about how sport has changed you? Oh my goodness, I feel like this is my homework. Yeah, um, which you didn't do, it seems. I have not done it. I did not listen to that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps you can help me. Um, 
made you it made you awesome. It made you awesome. Oh, thank you. But as well as um, being all these things, wearing all these hats, being a drama teacher, mm-hmm. being a, a, a student, mm-hmm. um, Lindsay's actually an agony aunt. I don't know if uh, even Lindsay knew this herself. I, yeah, did not know this. But I, what's I, um, what's so funny is that we've actually had some people write in with problems for Lindsay, and you're going to solve them. Excellent. Unsolicited advice. And these are women uh, in sport in some way that mm-hmm. would like your, your advice and your wisdom okay. um, to help them on their journey as women in, as you say, bodies okay. and just living. Okay. One thing I will say before yeah. I start giving this very unsolicited advice is one thing that I try and do when my friends come to me with problems, our friends always come to us with problems and issues. I always ask, are we listening or are we fixing? Mm. Because a lot of the time we don't want anyone to fix anything for us. Mm-hmm. We want to moan about it. And I don't <laughs> want your opinion. However, today... Well, these three, they really, yeah, really want your today, advice. Today I'm going to fix and solve everything. <laughs> Clearly. So buckle up. Yes. <laughs> you ready? We're in for a ride of our lives. Let's go. Okay, number one. Dear Lindsay, I play rugby. Excellent. And I feel really confident on the pitch, mm-hmm. but struggle taking that confidence into the office. Mm. How can I make work me more like sport me? Oh. No name. Anonymous. No name. Anonymous. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I have so many questions. I've so they many. They can't answer. <laughs> I can't be answered. But we all know about the like confidence gap between women and men in the workplace. Um, and so I guess one of my main questions would be, um, what you know, what is it? Because oftentimes the the symptom of the problem is not the problem itself it's something much deeper so this person it's fantastic that they found confidence on the pitch and i would be really interested to know what it is about the rugby pitch that they find more comforting than being at work (laughs) (laughs) um um but i'm gonna throw this one to you a little bit because you speak to so many women um so many women in sport i'd be interested to hear like your answer and things that like you've noticed because you've spoken to so many women in sport yeah um, is that how this is going to go Lindsay no. I ask you the question you ask me <laughs> this, is, uh, this is what I'm training to do um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well I think one of the things I love the most about sport is when you can see the very very transferable things you do in sport move over into everyday life mm-hmm. and actually something I have a very not weird interest actually just an interest in yeah. is sports psychology mm-hmm. and I, I have a very unrealistic bucket list wish mm-hmm. which will never materialize but it mm-hmm. is to sit in the changing room of a world cup final football with the team that's losing and listen to what they're being told oh my I goodness I just find what athletes are being told before during and after uh-huh. the most important game of their life so interesting uh. And so when I realized that this was not that attainable, I did what any grown adult would do. And I Googled it. What do they tell people in changing room in World Cup? Mm -hmm. And I found this other podcast called the High Performance Podcast. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm taking forever to get there. Essentially, what they said was sports psychology is all about visualization, right? So what they'll say to people before a big game, uh, before any big match is imagine yourself lifting the trophy or imagine yourself... Uh, scoring the winning goal, whatever, whatever. Imagine yourself doing the post-game interview. You've just won. What do you say? Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Visualize, visualize, visualize. And the psychology of it is, you will know better than this because you literally study the brain, but your brain 
If you visualize something enough and you focus on something enough, your brain literally can't tell the difference between what's real and what's going on mm -hmm. and what you are telling your brain is going to happen. Mm -hmm. So I would tell this anonymous person anonymous. that a good way to feel more confident is to visualize who you want to be at work, mm. where you want to be at work, mm -hmm. and channel, 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 channel that person. Yeah. Goal-orientated. Like, because I think you can smart teach your brain to be anything, yes, right? Do the, anything. The brain, we, we have what's called like brain plasticity. And so like neurons that wire together, neurons that fire together, wire together. And so uh, we often think that this is who I am. Uh, we have a very fixed mindset, but actually we can train our brains and mold our brains um, to, to exactly like you said, think differently. Mm. So if you are struggling at work, which I think a lot of women unfortunately do struggle to, to, to be confident at work and I'm not going to try and solve all of those issues in that podcast because that's an entire um, life's work in itself. Um, but it, one thing that I've started doing at work is not apologizing. And it's been a really, really simple, I find myself going to write an email and I start the email with apologies or sorry. Mm. And I'm trying to rewire my brain. Mm. Um, I always do that. I always to not do as, that. I pretend I've made a mistake. Like, sorry, yes. I've got this wrong. I yes. probably have got this wrong, yeah. but mm -hmm. I always do that. It has changed the way that I communicate with people mm. in and outside of work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... I think you made a really good point, like visualizing, having, you know, who is it that you want to be at work? And, but really what I would say is try and figure out what the issue is. Why is it at work that you don't feel as comfortable? Mm -hmm. um, or maybe just start wearing your gum shield to work. <laughs> your scrum hat. So scrum hat. <laughs> really visualize. Yeah. Um, okay, well, we'll feed back to them. Uh, the yeah. next one. Cool. Um, if, if you're listening, we I solved it. I hope it helped. Uh, rugby one, two, three. <laughs> Dear Lindsay, my friends have invited me to the beach this weekend, but oh. I am 100% not beach body ready. Oh. What excuse can I give my friends for not going? Oh. Yay for beaches being open again. Yay! Yay. <laughs> um, it's such a cliche to say that all bodies are beach ready. It's such a cliche to say, like, you just put a bikini on your body and you are beach ready. But it, it's the truth. And a lot of times, you know, we there's objective thinking and there's subjective thinking. So our anonymous friend is saying, like, objectively, I'm not beach ready. As if it's fact. Um, and I would argue that that's not true, that that is subjective thinking. And I would encourage, we think that everyone is judging us and criticizing us all the time. And I'm gonna say her friends who have invited her to the beach want to spend time with her because they love her. And if she's gonna turn up to the beach and they're gonna judge her, they're not her friends, right? So, and, and again, like, I don't think that's gonna happen. Um, yeah, and I, 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 I agree. Go for it. Um, you are, Lindsay, um, trail runner extraordinaire and hiker extraordinaire. And I want to know... Big words. How... Which one? Extraordinaire? Yeah. <laughs> trail. Yeah. Um, I want to know how um, your <laughs> involvement in running mm -hmm. and your rediscovering of running and fitness has helped your relationship with your body and I'm sure mm -hmm. 
you've probably, as many women, I think, have been this person. Oh, uh, 100%. So how has sport made you not this person? Um, Realising that our brain lies to us and is not always our best friend. Um, I used to go to, you know, trail races and go, I'm the biggest person at this start line. And then look back at pictures of myself and go, oh, that was a massive lie. Um, which I'm sure, again, our anonymous friend will go to the beach, have a bloody wonderful time, look back at pictures in six months and go, what a great day. What a great day I had. They're not going to think about, oh, um, was this a good or a bad angle? Um, but to go back to your question about trail running and trails, um, I spent all day today going what am I going to wear to this podcast which people are going to listen to and not see me <laughs> um, and realizing and, and again like trans we talked about transferable skills earlier realizing that um, we have to start taking like evidence so uh, what I mean by that is I've had this feeling every day all the time, 100% of the time. If I look back at the evidence of what I thought were my worst fears, none of them came true. Nobody in this room, I hope, uh, <laughs> is, is zoning in on what I think are quote unquote flaws. And uh, when we go to the beach or when we're out enjoying ourselves, we think that everyone is looking at us. And I can guarantee that everyone else is so busy worrying about themselves that they're not looking at us and they're not thinking about us in the same way that we think they are. So when I used to run um, more than I do now, um, I used to upload things to Strava and then be like, people are going to notice that I ran that kilometer 25 seconds slower than the previous kilometer. Um, no one cares. <laughs> no one cared and no one does care. Um, yeah, they don't. And I think <laughs> one thing you and I spoke about in our podcast is the appreciation that sport's given you for your body. And I think that's one of the oh. things that we agreed on oh. was the, 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 the positive body relationship thing mm -hmm. comes from doing sport yeah. and being like, wow, go body, you well, did this. Look at what my body did. My body woke up at quarter past five this morning, did a workout, taught a load of kids some drama, came into Central, ate a croissant. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> it's now here with you guys. My body does so much for me. And I spend so much time being like, I don't know if I can swear, I'm not going to swear, but like, you're I such, a, say you're such yes. a piece of trash. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, you're such a piece of rubbish. And my body's just like, but I'm doing my best. And I show up every day for you. Um, and so put on, a put on a bikini and go live your life. <laughs> because life's too short. Go enjoy it. Um, yeah. I agree. I agree. Put on a bikini and live your life. I agree. Yeah. Uh, number three. Oh, God. <laughs> Dear Lindsay. Okay. I just started a keto diet. Oh, God. I'm three days in and struggling for motivation. I need some advice on how to persist. I've done other diets before, such as a juice cleanse, oh. and it's always around day three that I start to flag. Wow. Exclamation mark. Oh. Um, now, I'm not a dietitian, so please don't at me. 
Um, but I do know things about the brain. Let's and so it. I'm going to start off by saying that the ketogenic diet was a diet that was created for epileptic children. It is a diet that was created to slow down brain processes so that children don't have fits. And it's also used for stroke patients. Now, again, I'm not going to sit here and like go through the science of the ketogenic diet because I am aware that food is a really personal thing to us. There are a lot of people who do the ketogenic diet um, and uh, best of luck to them. It is your body. You eat what you want, right? So I'm not going to sit here and lecture people on what they do and don't do with their bodies. Um, but what I will say is to anonymous, um, you shouldn't need motivation to, if you are looking for motivation to not eat, that is your body saying, please feed me, please give me food, please give me nutrients. Um, that we know that diets don't work. We know that diets don't work. And again, I'm not going to go into the boring statistical numbers because nobody came here tonight to listen to me talk about how 95% of diets don't work and how we gain X amount back. and Because uh, that's all boring stuff. But we know that diets don't work. We know fat diets don't work. Um, please eat. <laughs> please eat. Um, it... it uh, it's a topic that makes me so sad. Yeah, it, 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 and like it you said, it's a very personal heart. one. Yeah, right? all these things are very personal. Mm -hmm. But I think one thing that sport taught me about food mm. is that food is fuel. That and also, <laughs> there's a big difference between weight loss and if you are wanting to reduce your size, fat loss. Yes, because yes. under weight loss, yes. you can lose a lot of muscle, you can lose a lot of water, mm -hmm. you can lose a lot of fiber, and that's yes. what the fad diets do. They're yes. actually fantastic for those things oh yeah but that's not really what you want to do and they're not sustainable yeah exactly they're not sustainable exactly um anyway Lindsay, we've been flagged already for three minutes Can oh you my believe? goodness i know <gasps> that's it oh um thank you thank you for being great oh. um Lindsay is we only met in january yeah uh through our other friend ashley who mm -hmm. is an mma fighter that was on my podcast as well who's amazing she's awesome she's amazing um but you've quickly become one of my favourite people to be around. Aww. I think you're great. I really do. Ditto me. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> um, but yes, this has been In The Changing Room. It's. I, I hope that it is going to be used to create some good change and help women to realise that um, whether or not they choose to do sport, right? I, I personally think you should. I think it will make yeah. you even more awesome than you are. Yeah. But if you don't, you're awesome anyway. And yeah. uh, don't let the world tell you otherwise. Did we fix it? Did we fix it? Did yeah. we fix it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I just want to end on one, one note because last time you asked me if there was something that I could leave in the changing room, what would it be? Oh, yeah. that's uh, What I ask at the end is if you could leave something physical or figurative in the changing room mm -hmm. for other girls or women to find, what would it be? Mm -hmm. So I said the permission to stop punishing yourself because punishing yourself makes it harder to change. So I'm gonna, again, like I did the first time round, I'm gonna throw this question back at you. Oh, if no. you, ah, oh, the tables have turned, <laughs> my friend. It's time, oh, it's uh, time. Oh, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> If you could leave anything in the changing room for women and girls, what would it be? A really good sports bra, <gasps> because honestly, yeah. honestly, the sports bra world needs a big change, honestly. Like, yes. it's it's baffling to me that they can get it so wrong. Um, Please. And, uh, boobs are so removable pads. Sorry. Removable pads. Either stitch them in 
or get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> they know. Thank you very much, everybody. Ah, that was a thank you. <laughs>